The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I'm your host, Sarah Warmby. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Joshua Nelson was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis inflammatory bowel disease in November 2017 at the age of 37. Within one year, he was evaluated by the inflammatory bowel disease experts from Rochester Mayo Clinic and University of Minnesota Medical Center due to his deteriorating condition. He was elevated to biologics and combination therapies in an effort to manage his ulcerative colitis. After failing maximum medical therapies, it was determined to surgically remove his colon in November 2018 at the age of 38. In February 2019, the final surgery was completed, making his ileostomy permanent. Since the decision to remove his colon, his health has returned, requires zero medication, no specialized diet, and no further complications from ulcerative colitis. He is a member of the United Ostomy Association of America, Ostomy Association of the Minneapolis area, and Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. He participated in the 2019 Ostomy Awareness Day 5K hosted by Coloplast and has participated in Coloplast-sponsored events. Joshua resides in Minnesota with his wife, Natalie, and two daughters, Brindley and Brenna. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is my pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about resources available for ostomates, and I would love to hear your perspective as an end user on what resources you have utilized from the very beginning when you were first diagnosed and also throughout the life of your ostomy so far. So with the first question, what types of resources did you find on your own when you were first diagnosed with ulcerative colitis? Yeah, great question. So initially, and I think we've talked about this a couple of times, but I do what everybody does. You know, you hop on the inter- internet and you search, you know, inflammatory bowel disease and kind of see what pops up. So I did stumble upon the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Uh, they have great resources available. Um, I, I do remember finding a United Ostomy Association of America. They also have a boatload of great resources available. And what was nice about both of those websites was they really simplified the information that they provide. So someone who's not an expert in inflammatory bowel disease, uh, whether it's ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, they really simplified it down to make it easily understandable. Like, you know, what are the symptoms that you might be experiencing? What what things should you note, uh, jot down, take as notes so you can speak to your primary care manager? What are great locations to go and get further help if you need more specialized help, maybe from an inflammatory bowel disease specialist? Uh, so those are some of the resources that I, uh, you know, myself and my wife, and I'm sure even my mom and dad got on to truly understand what it is to, you know, be diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease. Oh, on top of that, uh, how many people it affects, you know, knowing you're not the only one who has this, finding out what age range is there. I mean, they have all sorts of tips, tricks, resources available to you. That was much better finding those uh, credible websites versus kind of, you know, some of the stuff you can find on the internet, you know, you take like WebMD or something, you do a quick search and about 8 billion, you know, diagnoses come up with you. So it, if I have any, you know, tips for anybody who might be thinking that they, they have something like this, it's obviously be your own best advocate again and, and try to get an appointment with somebody 
So you can start to talk about that because I've heard some things, you know, early diagnosis is generally a lot easier when it comes to management. But again, everybody is completely different when they're diagnosed with this disease. Some people do extremely well with medications. I was not as fortunate. Um, I did terrible with medications. And for some odd reason, my body was not accepting them. I don't know why. But like I said, hindsight being 2020 now, um, I'm much happier. Yeah. Um, and I want to kind of go back to uh, whenever you were researching, yep. you know, you 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 fortunately came across credible resources such as Crohn's and Colitis, um, United Ostomy Association of America. But while you were doing research, what were some red flags, um, so to speak, as far as maybe this isn't the greatest website, maybe this isn't the best resource. And I asked because you're right. Everybody, everybody will go straight to the internet to find out whether they have a certain condition or disease right away before they're even calling their doctor. So I think it's important to kind of talk about when researching, what were those red flags? Pretty much what I was reading and what I was experiencing. So, you know, the multiple bowel movements each day, the blood in your stool, the pain and discomfort that you might be having, where it kind of like, you know, you start to put the pieces together and like, oh, geez, do I really have this? You know, you can do a simple search on inflammatory bowel disease, but then you'll get a lot of things on irritable bowel syndrome. So knowing the difference between those two issues is a big deal and can lead you down two different complete paths, you know, irritable bowel syndrome versus inflammatory bowel disease. And then obviously when you're reading it and you're like, God, I, I hope I don't have this, you know, that this can't be right. Uh, but then on top of that, I also found, you know, people who believe they've cured themselves from inflammatory bowel disease by having a specific diet or I read one book at one point where it was like the gut cleanse, you know, cleanse your gut. I mean, it might be attributed to gut biome, uh, but I don't know because I'm not an expert on it at all. And so I tried like a cleanse or anything. And guess what? I still had the disease. It didn't affect anything. It probably made it worse for a little bit. But, you know, depending on what you personally believe, we definitely have those people in life today where they don't want anything to do with uh, professional medicine and, and they kind of believe their own path. And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong. That's their choice. But you may not get the help that you need or require. It, you, you might be doing more harm to yourself than good. The bad part about those types of sources that you find that, hey, you can cure yourself from ulcerative colitis, it gives you the hope. And then, well, what happens when it doesn't work? You're right back at square one. Where you could have invested that time potentially with medical professionals and maybe getting the care or a medical treatment plan that you might require um, in, in, in an effort to improve your quality of life. Right. So it is absolutely important to make sure that, you know, when you are going on the internet to to look up a potential condition that you think you might have, make right. sure it's a credible source. And then, of course, make sure that you are making appointments with a, a doctor to confirm or get sure. educated on what is really is going on, because you really can't solely go by what's available on the internet. No, I 100% agree. So speaking of the resources that you came across, um, such as Crohn's and colitis and UOAA, um, are those the resources that you you utilized in the pre-op setting? Um, or did you did you utilize other resources that were maybe shared by the WOC nurse that you saw pre-op? Uh, a little bit of both. It was more or less, okay, how do we manage this? You know, what information and resources are out there? Like, what should we expect? You know, we did dabble in a little bit of the diet game for a little bit. Like, hey, try to avoid these types of foods because they're pretty common to provide you know, inflammatory responses in your body. One thing that I uh, completely eliminated was you know, like anything hot. You know, Because for me, it's like if I had like spicy food, it always made me feel uncomfortable. Well, now I put Frank's hot sauce on everything. 
you know, <laughs> in my race and my OBA, it's on everything. Um, but, you know, so you can find those tips and trips um, to help manage the disease that you have. And again, if you're reacting to them, when you do your follow-up appointments, that only provides you ammunition and great discussion points, you know, to maybe further diagnose or maybe to modify your treatment plan, you know, versus I think one thing I saw in there is like, well, if you eat broccoli and bananas, you know, all day for a year, you're going to be free of ulcerative colitis in one year. And it's like, does that really make a lot of sense at all? So yes, individuals just need to be smart. I mean, I think we see a lot of it in today's day and age as a kind of the misinformation game. So please do the adequate research. Like, you know, there are reputable sources out there, but there's also ones that are not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we need to make sure that they're credible. Um, and if you're not sure if they're credible, that's again, you, you know, reach out to the healthcare provider to make sure that they can give you um, those resources to, to utilize when you're at home, whether it's preoperative, postoperative, or in the home care setting. Yep. And then even post-op, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, I think I went through a mental transition because once I found that I responded extremely well with my ileostomy and everything I did following surgery, I did not really react to. So it's almost like I let those go. And so, I mean, me personally, three years later, I haven't really been back on the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I mean, I'll, I'll peek at the UOAA website just to see what kind of neat stories they have or because a lot of times they'll get professionals, you know, information out there. But same thing with Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. But it was almost like that part of my life I almost wanted to forget about and just kind of keep moving forward. But even in today's day and age um, where I'm at now. I mean, obviously, they still provide great resources. They will do stuff like this. They have testimonials on people who've lived an active lifestyle or successful lifestyle, you know. And like I said, I've been pretty fortunate in what I've had. And some people have really gone through some hoops to get to where they are, we know, with the severity of their disease. So, I mean, just watch, listening to that resiliency piece of adapting and uh, not giving up and never quitting and do whatever you can because life is short and life is precious. So take care of it. Yeah. I love how you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about support groups? Were you ever interested in support groups? Did you attend a support group and what was that experience like if you had? I actually am a, a member of a local support group in Minneapolis here. And I had just, I mean, I, I think one of the WOC nurses uh, had mentioned it before I was discharged, like, Hey, we have local support groups around here. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I'll take a peek at that in a little bit. And so I think it was just, you know, when I was recovering, I think I did a quick Google search. No, wait, I'm sorry. I was on the UOAA website and I think they have a tab on there, like search for local support group. So I just typed in my zip code and the one in Minneapolis showed up. And so I attended one of the meetings, um, you know, emailed them and said, hey, I'm a new Austin. I'd like to come, you know, and see a meeting. They're like, yes, absolutely. We'd love to have you here. Pretty generic intro type deal. And I get there and I was by far the youngest person at the support group because it's an ostomy support group. But the nice thing about that was seeing how many people were there who had any type of ostomy there and for how long they've had it. I mean, we have people in our group that have had an ostomy for 40 years. And uh, so that was very encouraging where I was at in my state of mind of like, okay, now I need to learn how to deal with this. Where people who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s have had an ostomy for 40 years and they still move, they still travel, they still do everything. So that was reassuring. And I know one of the issues we consistently talk about in the support group is when me as a 38, 39-year-old shows up and I'm the youngest one, where's our generation of people when it comes to support group to get that type of support? Because you don't need to get in the quick and dirty, but it's It's just being able to share stories. Like I've learned from some of the members of the support group. Um, our support group has a, a 
you know, WOC nurse that comes every month. And I mean, that's that's great, a great resource. If you're having an issue with your appliance, you can speak to her. You can survive with your appliance with less product. Like an example I use is I used to use like the 3M skin prep because it was just recommended to me. But I kept asking her, I'm like, I it only felt like I got two or three days worth out of my my wafer. She was like, well, try it without. If you don't need it, try it without. Well, guess what? That three to four days now turned into a week. And I don't really know the technicality behind it, but she was a great resource to have. If you're having skin issues, you know, they're great resources to have. So, um, and then on top of that, I mean, it's it's just nice to be able to see people who are like you, know you're not alone. You think like some people have colostomies, you know, they've had like a colon cancer. I didn't have cancer. And so that's kind of reassuring. But it, it, again, it just gives you a different perspective. And I think it also brings back that the surgical option was not the end of the road. So it gives you hope that, and I'm thankful that I didn't have to, I mean, some of these people with colon cancer, I had to go, go through chemo treatments. Well, I never had to do that. I just had to have my colon removed. So I'm pretty fortunate that way, but I also get to see their strength and their resilience, knowing what they went through and knowing that they just want to look forward to and live their lives just as full as anybody else. Yeah. And it is interesting to hear just, you know, when, when you, when an individual goes to a support group and if you are the youngest, instead of thinking, well, gosh, there's no one here my age. I'm not really going right. to get anything from it. It's more of, wow, these people have had an ostomy for a long time and I could learn from them. 100%. Um, and yeah. it is so funny to hear some of their stories when they first started out with ostomies. You know, like I used to have like rubber cement on my abdomen, yeah. like that to what it is now. You know, when I kind of get phone calls from some family members who may be pursuing the surgery, like it, it, it's like a stigma, you know, I, you're, my, my son or daughter, husband, wife, brother, sister, you know, might be going in for ostomy surgery and you're like, yeah, and they're going to be completely fine just because of what we've been able to do with this stuff. So I love hearing those old stories. And then, you know, I'm like, one of the last things I like to talk about with people is I, I just did not want this thing to define who I was. Um, and I think that's an important thing. And, and that is set in stone by the people that are older than me that have lived with an ostomy is they didn't let it define them. They continued to live their life and dang it, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think about patients or, you know, end users who've had an ostomy for a long time, the stories that they have with what kind of products they had used 20, 30, 40 years ago. And they learn a lot from these support groups as well, yeah. just because of new technology that's out on the market. Um, and it's it's really incredible. And it, it's a great opportunity for both parties, you know, for someone who's had an ostomy for a long time, yep. someone who's brand new and be able to network. And that's what's cool about the support groups as well is I think a lot of them do a really good job of connecting with their local providers, you know, such as a coloplast, a holler. So, I mean, you name it, there's boatloads of them out there. And they will come on into your meeting and they'll show you, hey, here's some of the new stuff we are developing or working on. Call this person and get a free sample of it and see what you think because you can always modify what you're using. But I've kind of come to with what I wear, you know, the wheel's not broken, so I don't need to fix it yet. But who knows, in five years, I might need to. And so that's always nice to see what's coming on out because as a user of ostomy supplies and products, that's one thing I feel we don't generally get as a user is like, here's like a guide of the new stuff coming out or here's mm -hmm. what working on it's more or less you kind of doing the research on what's out there so that's another great reason why support groups or uoaa is such a great resource because they usually do a really good job of keeping you up to date on what the, the professional medical industry is coming out with or what these suppliers are coming out with uh can really enhance your life 
Absolutely. And speaking of industry programs, you know, we have a Coloplast Care program. Yep. And I would love to hear your perspective on your experience with Coloplast Care because we have a patient support program yep. uh, providing education. You know, yes, we can provide you samples, but it really is mainly based on education. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience with Coloplast Care? Yep, pretty much. Uh, I remember when I got out of surgery and I started calling these suppliers to get the free samples. That was one of the first cards I saw from Coloplast. You can enroll this Coloplast, you know, Coloplast plus care program. And one thing I think is pretty darn cool of it about it is it always sends you kind of like a reminder. They call it the old body check. Is kind of take a peek and everything is everything's still working. Um, if you're having issues with wear time, if you're having issues with odor, if you're having an issue with skin, because it could be as simple as just one little chemical in whatever appliance is just not reacting to your body well, which is might be giving you some skin irritation. But here, try this one instead. Um, I've known people who have like honestly combined products from different companies to get what works well for them at the end. They might use, you know, like the, the barrier seal, the Bravia, the Brava barrier seal under a, a Hollister wafer, you know, being able to mix match that stuff. And so it's always kind of nice where you'll get the email every now and how, how are you doing? How's everything going? And it's a simple little easy kind of, was it five or 10 questions of, you know, how is everything progressing? And you'll get feedback on that of, you know, hey, look at this or, or try this or call this. And so it's nice knowing again that the company that a coloplast care for example is interested in how you're progressing how your life is going are you having any issues we want to know about because at the end of the day they want you to have your life back i mean that's the whole reason why they're kind of in that business and to take care of people so if you're not happy with what it is that you're using you need to pick up the phone and start asking people but that's just one great avenue coloplast provides is kind of that six month one year reminder of the self body check is everything working the way it's supposed to. And if you're having any issues, please let us know it. We will do whatever it is we can to point you in the right direction, even if it's with a different provider. That's what I thought was great about it. Yeah. And I think that it's important to to note too that with Coloplast Care, it really is an individualized experience. And you yep. can customize essentially when you want to be notified or yep. have a phone call or an email or whatever yep. works for that individual um, and get that support that you need, um, yep. especially if a WOC nurse isn't available. Correct. Are there any other resources that you can think of that have helped you along your journey with being an ostomate? I think number one is just not so much a resource, but, you know, just being 100% open and or being 100% open with what you have. Um, I chose not to kind of live and hide my ileostomy. Um, I was completely open and honest about myself about it. And I think that truly helped my mental state as well. Um, and knowing that in theory that I, I almost defeated the inflammatory bowel disease condition that I had with the, with the options that I, I went through. And so having that reassurance of, in theory, I beat it, gives me a lot of motivation in my life in any type of future events. And again, going back to those small goals that I set for myself, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Please take it you know, easy when you're trying to navigate your life with having an ostomy. But I think once you finally lock into what you have, life becomes much, much better. But otherwise, the resources, like I think I've been pretty fortunate with how I've responded to living my life within the ileostomy. So I feel like I don't need a lot of resources or haven't had to pursue other options, but I know there are people like on YouTube, for example, and I think she does a Let's Talk IBD. And I think she does a fantastic job. I think she's a nurse from Canada that does that, but she does a fantastic job of describing you know, daily life, maybe some simple issues you can have and some remedies. So I peek 
and see what she's got going out every now and then. Go, yep, I agree with her on that one. Yeah, she's doing really well. Um, I think there's one, I think he's called Vegan Ostimate. He's also on YouTube as well. And I think most of these people have their own platforms along with that. But he was really good at just, he was more like the trial and error of all these different products. You know, here, I'm going to try this bra product. I'm going to try this Convitec product. I'm going to try this Coloplast product. I'm going to try this Hollister product. I'm going to try this Stealth Belt. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. So he always gave like kind of honest reviews that help give you options of, you know, hey, I'm going to give that a try. And then again, like, you know, accessories, they're even willing to talk to you about things. You know, you can get discounted stealth belts, you know, if you're trying things out, you can always call them and ask them, how do I measure for this appropriately? So you're getting what it is that you're, you're buying because some things do cost a couple dollars, like not everything's completely cheap. Some things are covered by insurance, some things are not covered by insurance. So I think just understanding what your insurance covers provides a lot of sense of security as well and sensibility that, yeah, I can, I can handle this throughout my life. Again, going back to the reputable resources, I chose to stay away from kind of the negative stuff. There are a handful of people out there that do kind of, you know, document their life living with an ileostomy and it gives you hope. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, credible resources, Crohn's and colitis, UOAA, um, reach out to your, you know, industry programs such as Coloplast Care, um, yep. where you can talk to a care advisor on basic questions and and talk about new products and be informed. And then most importantly, um, support groups. Super important yeah. to be able to reach out to your local support groups um, and to be able to connect with other ostomates. So thank you yep. so much for sharing all of this valuable information today uh, regarding resources for ostomates. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely like talking about this stuff. And we absolutely love uh, talking to you about it. And thank you so much for sharing your journey and your perspective. Anytime. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us professional.